brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Dawn breaks on a new day. The glimmering sun kisses the morning as it peaks above the trees. A figure can be seen traveling alone on a dirt path through a healthy forest as Shang-Chi carries a priceless artifact to his destination. The ancient Japanese teapot does not appear like much, but its warm glow from the inside reveals a mystical property that sets it apart. It is then that another figure leaps into view as the red-robed half-demon Inuyasha takes a place alongside the earthen pathway. That pot contains a shard I need. Hand it over, Inuyasha blusters. Shang-Chi softly places his bag on the ground and utters, I will not. Well then, I guess I just have to take it from you then, Inuyasha defiantly proclaims as he grabs his sword. Both combatants bound into the air at each other, and someone's mission will end on this day. It's the Master of Kung Fu versus the Hanyo. It's Brother Hand versus Yokai. It's Shang-Chi versus Inuyasha. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the one and only Ray Stacanus. Ray, we've got an insane matchup for you today. From Marvel, you have the master martial artist, undisputed with that title by every character within Marvel. Of course, I'm talking about Shang-Chi versus... A heavyweight from anime, manga, of course, making their first time appearance as well as Shang-Chi. I'm talking about Inuyasha. And of course, I did the patented who would win Google test to see how many people have been talking about this matchup over the years. And lo and behold, wait for it. Yet again, no one has discussed this matchup ever again. If it's not mentioned on Google, guess what? It's never been discussed anywhere in the world ever in the history of the universe. So we are bringing you a world premiere matchup for the geek culture world that we exist in. Ray. I'm really curious as to what you think about today's matchup. 
I just know there's a movie coming out with Shang-Chi. It's coming out this week. So of course we're going to use Shang-Chi in a matchup. What are we talking about? In Inuyasha, people have been telling us for a long time, hey guys, use more anime characters. Use more very traditional anime characters. Of course, they want C-Team as well, and we're not going to use those. Sorry, kids at home. But Inuyasha is a pretty big anime. It's a pretty big deal. And quite frankly, as we've been doing these characters, y'all been listening. Y'all been actually tuning in for anime battles. So let's give you another one. Here's the thing. We have been listening to the fan base and that fan base has been growing literally week after week. It's getting bigger and bigger. And we discussed this in a previous show. We need to figure out what we're going to call the fan base, the the huge group of people that we're so thankful for that listen to our uh, episodes and watch our episodes wherever we have them and interact with us on social media. So, Ray, the production team for Who Would Win sent me what they feel are the top five picks. Mm. And they said, go ahead. They'll, they'll figure out which one. I said, no, you won't. Ray and I will discuss these first and we'll get back to you on it. So let me go over some of the top five or the five top five picks. that we I'm going to hate all of these, aren't I? I? I'm not crazy about some of them, but some of them are not that bad. All so right. Lay them on me. First one, uh, this one's kind of obvious. It's the Who Would Winners. Now, that's what we've been using before. The fact that our production team came back with what we've already been using have decided to change. We need to look at changing some of this production team. I'm calling you out, production team. Get better. Listen, I talk with the executives. It's, It's a whole process. But the bottom line is you're right. Try harder. Okay, let's go on to the next one. This one may have some legs. They call this the Who Would Win Army. The Who Would Win Army. Like the Kiss uh, Army. Would, like the Kiss Army. That's or like, awful. you know, that is the absolutely North Korean terrible. Army. You know, an army. It's, uh, you know, maybe it's like the Canadian Army. I was right. Uh, lovable I do hate people. These. Let's move on to the third one. All right, third one. <laughs> Moving on. This is intriguing. Oh, Lord. The Legion of Who Would Win. The Legion of Who Would Win. Like the Legion of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but we just replace Extraordinary Gentlemen with Who Would Win. That, and and who, who has time? If I'm on a sinking ship and I need to call out uh, that I need to be saved. I'm not going to stand up and yell, hello, help me, please. I am a legion of who would win person. It doesn't make sense. That's awful. No, don't. No, I'm out. Nope. Well, nope. Uh, uh, well, you, you're a member of a legion, and I think they were actually saying more like the Legion of Doom, you it's know, awful. from that, that old school uh, Super Friends Legion cartoon. of win is at least acceptable, but that's still not good. So nope, let's keep going. Number four. Uh, you, you seem to be very negative today. Okay, let's go for the next one. This is kind of classy. It's called the Who Would Win Society. Now, Who Would Win Society? Now, again, it's too long. The whole point of having a name to call yourselves is that you have something quick and fast to shoot out. So, you know, you've got, you know, fans of all the different properties. The, the, you know, you've got Trekkies. Trekkies, it's, you know, they don't call themselves those who support the Star Trek world. It's Trekkies. Why? Because that's easy to say. Got it. There may be a reason you're not in charge of uh, marketing. Uh, okay, let's go for a short one. Uh, the last pick, we've been talking about this one for a little bit, the Hooligans, W-H-O-O-L-I-G-A-N-S. This is interesting. I personally, I, I feel like there's a little bit of a negative connotation with a hooligan, but uh, I don't know. There may be something there. Ray, what are your thoughts? It's the most acceptable of the five we've heard so far. Now, I know there are the Whovians, which are the fans yep. of the Doctor Who show. Hooligans sure. is not something I'm completely familiar with. I mean, obviously, now we're risking comparing ourselves to people who get into fights at soccer games. Not exactly the thing that we want to do. Not exactly. What if we called ourselves the woodworkers? 
W-O-U-L-D, workers. But it's like woodworkers, one who would wow. work with wit. wit. I can't even say it, but it's a great idea. I very much appreciate you uh, spelling that out for me, Ray. Thank you. Now, that's a good me. idea. The that's... woodworkers. That's who you are now, people. You are the woodworkers. That's not who you are. We'll come up with some better ideas. In fact, we'll put out a Ow. post on social media, and we'll ask again for some better opinions, and then we'll take this to the production team. We'll figure out what we call you know, our, our huge fan base sooner or later. It's a big decision to make. Now, speaking of big decisions to make, it's time to introduce our celebrity judge, making their fourth appearance on the Hulu show. It is crazy, but not surprising. It's voice actor extraordinaire and absolute fan favorite of the Who Would Win show. Of course, I'm talking about the one, the only Frank Todaro. Frank, welcome back to Who Would Win. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, personally, I think you should call them Starscreen's Brigade. It was a great episode of G1. And let's just say I have an army. (laughs) Starscream. You you know, uh, I always get a little bit starstruck when you're on the show. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I know, right now, now Starscream, I actually watched your latest series, your latest season of Transformers War for Cybertron. Kingdom. Oh, I thank you, James. It was fantastic. We really it was really good. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I never expected this, but you with Black Arachnia, you kind of both, especially you, saved everything. I'm talking about the universe, the timeline. Who would win fans? Watch all of this, but specifically this season of the third season, I should say, or I think it's the third season of uh, Transformers War for Cybertron Kingdom. Starscream saves everybody. Who saw that coming? Why did you do that? Uh, 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 you didn't expect it? What, like, mm, what have I, I been doing for the last 30 years? What do you think I do this for? Look. Everything I've ever done has always been for the good and the betterment of Cybertron. And all I did now was just do the same thing that I do all the time. The right thing. The noble thing. The thing a leader would do. That's so interesting. some sort of great aberration that Starscream saves the day. Well, fully on that. I'm always saving the day. It's the Megatron that just keeps getting in the way. You know what? That definitely, I, I, I hate to say this, Lord Megatron actually did get in the way of himself for this entire season. Almost ruined, ruined everything, I may add. Uh, you know, destroying literally. the universe. Quite I mean, literally. He, he talked to himself for the most of this season. What a narcissist. <laughs> so here's the thing. Since you and Black Arachnia are now like the new team, the Don't new guess. it team for Transformers, you know, I know how this goes. All of a sudden there's going to be a spinoff Tell the Who Would Win fans when they can watch this magnificent new series that clearly is going to come out on Netflix starring Starscream and also Black Arachnid. Oh, well, uh, it takes place in Vermont. There's a bed and breakfast that the two of us. There's these wacky. Uh, oh, hold on one second. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. About the destruction. I know nothing about what you're talking about. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did I? Uh-oh. You signed the NDA, didn't you? What are those red dots on my... I gotta go. Go. <laughs> okay. Uh, Man, he never sticks around. That's crazy. I have so many questions. I, I, just, I just don't know even where my head's at with this. All right. Uh, Frank, are you still there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry I about felt that. felt a gust of wind, though, go past me. Yeah, Ray had Burger King earlier today. Like He'll it was delicious. Later. Let me tell you, you can still get, you can still get the rodeo burger. 
That's just that's just good knowledge. Really? Yeah. Wait, with the barbecue and yeah, the you, one single and the onion rings onion on ring? it. Yeah, you can ask yeah, for it. Nice. Yeah. God, get I it love before that. he gets it. That's that's not my advice. Before we get started, how familiar are you with the the two characters of Shang Chi and Inuyasha? I have flashy thing myself before the show. I am forgetting all of it. I do have a familiarity with both, and because of that. There are certain things, certain things that they could do, certain things that they had incorporated into them temporarily that I'll be curious to see if you guys are going to bring those into play or not. However, I'm only going to base this on what you tell me. Okay, this is good. This is why we have you on the show. This works out really well for me. Uh, actually, this has been working out really well for me so far. Ray, I'm not, I really shouldn't say this, but I will. Right now, I'm undefeated whenever Frank Todaro is on the Who Would Win show. Who would have thought? Well, I wouldn't have thought for sure because I should be 3-0 and in those matchups. I think we can all agree to that. But all you're doing right now, James, is jinxing yourself. Ooh, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so look, again, we have the most amazing formula for an episode. We've got Frank Todaro. We've got, as a judge, we've got Ray Sicanis repping in Yasha. I'm repping Shang-Chi. This is going to be insane. With all of that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel Comics, the martial artist who's annoying to call on the phone since he only picks up after 10 rings, Shang-Chi. And representing anime, the half-dog demon whose entire story arc is one big game of fetch, Inuyasha. Well done. Actually, really well done. That was awesome. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Now, Ray, what version of Inuyasha will you be using? I'm going to be using the anime version of Inuyasha. Now, one thing I want to say right here, right off the top is... This is a very deep and very involved character. There are 193 episodes of the Inuyasha anime mixed with 558 chapters of the manga. Manga? I don't care. And that's a lot of space to cover. And I only have X number of minutes for this episode to talk about Inuyasha. So two things. One, I didn't forget about some things. There's only so much time to talk about so much content. So and true. And two, I appreciate that there's a lot of people who listen to the show who aren't necessarily deep anime fans, haven't watched this show, or only sort of familiar with this show. This is a show that has a large lexicon of words that it uses to describe itself and has a lot of meanings to it. I'm going to be, I don't say the word dumbing down, but I'm going to be simplifying a lot of the terms to make it more approachable for the masses who are listening to this show. So deep, hardcore fans of Inuyasha, please accept my apologies off the start. I know that I'm being a lot, very, very general with some of the things I plan to say, but that's so that everybody can understand. Sure. When we go to uh, you know, our much anticipated six hour format, oh. we'll be able to go into the characters, you know, a little bit deeper. I'm but not even now, sure six hours is enough for it a wouldn't be. Like I, as, I, as I was saying, by the way, I'm like, no, nah, just like when we had Naruto on. Not, oh. nah, no way. No way. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. OK, that actually is really cool that you're doing that. I'm going to represent the 616 version of Shang-Chi. Now, the reason why the movie is about to come out, I don't want to do anything with that. I don't want any spoilers for the movie just yet. I'm sure it's going to be absolutely fantastic. And, you know, here's my problem. I wish there was more Shang-Chi in animated form. I think this would translate beautifully to an animated series or, you know, 10 animated series. 
more movies hopefully coming out. I hope I can't wait to see Shang-Chi 1 through, you know, 10. But for right now, the best resource is going to be the 616 Marvel Universe, the current comic book version of Shang-Chi. All right, rule number four. Demators will only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store. Get your official Hoodwin t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to hoodwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember, check back because we've put up all types of new merchandise all the time. It's awesome. Hey, look, you're a busy guy. So stop thinking about what to wear and just embrace the radically efficient Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. The Daily Wear System is a selection of clothes rooted in smart design, made with performance fabrics and really built to work together. From breathable t-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear and beyond, Mack Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, or wherever your summer takes you. I like to dress comfortably, and a lot of the high-end clothing I've got looks really good, but, you know, just isn't that comfortable to wear. Luckily, Mack Weldon solved that problem. I recently got a pair of radius pants and radius shorts because they're both fantastic, and I gotta tell you, they don't just look great, they feel great too. For the ultimate lazy Sunday, I love my favorite, the Ace Sweatshorts. They have modern tailoring and pair perfectly with their ultra-soft, ultra upgraded Pima tees. Buy some time this summer with the Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash who would win and enter promo code who would win. That's MacWeldon.com slash who would win promo code who would win for 20% off. We have a new sponsor for who would win and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combat. Ray, please give us the details on Inuyasha. 
Inuyasha is a half-human, half-demon warrior who exists in the feudal Sengoku period of Japan. He was created by Rumiko Takahashi and first appeared in the manga The Accursed Youth in 1996. The anime Inuyasha is really the story of a girl named Kagomi Higurashi who is pulled from our world to Sengoku, Japan because she is the reincarnation of a powerful character from that time named Kikyo. There, she teams up with Inuyasha to find the shards of the Shikan Jewel because it's an anime. With his dog ears and sharp claws, Inuyasha displays his half-demon side in a very forward-facing way. His demonic background gives him super strength, speed, and durability. That, combined with his ability with the sword, makes him very formidable in combat. Fun fact, despite being set in a very specific place and time, Inuyasha creator Rumiko Takahashi didn't bother to do any research at all into the Sengoku period. At first, this may seem weird, but in Japan, this period is a very common setting in stories, so it would be no different than an American author doing no extra research into the Wild West time period for a story, since all of us have a pretty general idea of what that's supposed to look like anyways. And also, you know, when you add monsters to this setting, it becomes whatever you say it is at that point anyway. And that is Inuyasha. I got to tell you, when you add monsters to a historical setting, it just, it just, it's like adding, I don't know, whipped cream to like any dessert you can think of. I just think it's a good thing to do. It's just a good thing to do. Makes it All right. Here are the details for Shang-Chi. Now, Shang-Chi first appeared in Marvel Special Edition number 15 in December of 1973 and was created by Jim Starlin and Steve Englehart. Fu Manchu fathered Shang-Chi to create the perfect living weapon to accomplish his goals of conquering the world. Shang-Chi spent his childhood owning his mind and body to peak condition to serve his father in any way he could. It wasn't until adulthood where he found out how evil his father truly was. Shang-Chi would then partner up with his father's enemies, Sir Dennis Nayland Smith and Blackjack Tar. And despite their rough beginning, they proved to be a strong team as together they foiled Fu Manchu's devious plans over and over. Since then, Shang-Chi has clearly planned himself as a mainstay within Marvel's heroes. Having been a member of numerous teams, including the Avengers, and has cemented himself as a key player in defending the Earth. And here's an interesting fact about Shang-Chi. Did you know that the character of Shang-Chi was inspired by, drumroll please, Bruce Lee? It's true. Remember, Shang-Chi first appeared in 1973 in December, a little bit after uh, Bruce Lee died. It was the same year. So in the case of Shang-Chi, Bruce Lee was definitely the template. According to Roy Thomas, Shang-Chi's design was based on Bruce Lee 100%. He said Shang-Chi was often drawn to look a lot like him, but the similarities didn't end there. Original artist Paul Gulassi stated, What I tried to do at the time was bring Bruce Lee back in a sense. When Bruce Lee died, I felt the Man of Kung Fu comic was the only outlet for a Bruce Lee type. That's how I saw Shang-Chi. It was a continuation of his legacy of intelligence, philosophy, and moral codes, and a person who tried to only fight for the right reasons. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Frank, do you have any questions before we get started? I suppose this is a level playing field. So the only question that I would have is more so a request to, uh, to, to make sure that whatever, wherever they come from, if there's energy from that land, the question I have for you is, uh, is are they still able to channel this? Or... I would assume so. Yeah. We try to present these characters at, at their full power level. We don't want to nerf anybody in the door. Fantastic. So the assumption is that wherever they draw their energy from on both sides, they're going to have that energy for the battle. Then gentlemen... I am very excited to see where we go with this. Have at each it. other. 
I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Ray, this is going to be a tough fight because this is really an unconventional matchup, but that's what we do best for who mm -hmm. would win. With all that being said, hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Inuyasha. The first thing I want to talk about is the fact that he's a half demon. His father was a very powerful dog demon and his mother was a human. Great. But this also means that he has some of the advantages of being a demon and also not some of the same weaknesses as being a demon. He's a little bit like Blade in that regard, who's half vampire. Still don't know how that works, but he is a half demon. So he has that going for him. Now, what does that mean? First off, he's an anime character and a half demon, which means he has the jumping ability to jump very, very, very high in the air. He is a character that is often fighting very, very large creatures or creatures that are flying around in the air around him. And he always seems to have the ability to jump as high as he needs to jump from the ground in order to get up in their faces and do claws and swords and all the other good things that he needs to do. So Shang-Chi, I've seen fight in combat. He can jump a little bit, but he cannot jump to the level of an Inuyasha. So when it comes to having the high ground in a martial arts battle, which I know is very, very important, Inuyasha is always going to have the high ground because of this very superior jumping ability. Also, he's got enhanced strength and speed, like I mentioned before. He has enhanced strength to the point where we've seen him lift boulders above his head that are roughly the same size as himself, which puts it in the multi-ton category of strength. So if it comes down to doing a strength feat, I know that Shang-Chi can do martial arts so well, it's basically like a superpower, but Inuyasha actually seems to have real superpowers, super strength, super speed. He's a character who's dodged lightning before that we've seen. He's also got a very cool, that red robe that he wears is more than just kind of just a piece of cloth. That's known as the robe of the fire rat. And that also offers him some tough armor that helps protect him from a lot of bashing damage. And guess what? Martial artists like to hit you a lot with their legs and with their fists. And if he can hit it on some parts of the robe, that's going to help tank some of that damage. It also presents Inuyasha with some regenerative properties so he can take damage and then get back into the fight without having to see the after effects of a lot of that damage, which is what allows him to have some of these larger scale, dare I say it, anime fights that he likes to have on his show. This is a character who gets hit a lot. This is a character who gets thrown around and thrown into walls a lot because he's often fighting characters who are bigger and stronger than he is, but he tends to win these battles. And when it comes down to it, he tends to win these battles pretty easily on top of the sword, which I'll get into in my point. Number two, he has something called Sankon Tesso, and that's a claw power. He's able to channel the demonic energy or yokai around him. And it's, he's able to channel that into his claws, allowing him to rip and tear a little bit harder, go a little bit deeper, and cut through things that normally you wouldn't be able to cut through with big, powerful fingernails. It's not quite Wolverine, but it's not that far off from Wolverine's power either. We've seen him use that particular claw power to tear up demons such as Mistress Centipede very early on in the series. He's a, he's a crazy, powerful character, stole uh, Kagame from the other dimension and brought her into the feudal Japan area. And he was able to, once he got free and once he got himself powered up and off the tree, he was able to use these claws and just tear that creature to pieces. We've seen him use this to absolutely cut down trees. We've seen him use it to cut down boulders. We've seen him use it on all kinds of items and characters that has just absolutely devastated what was in front of him. And the last power I want to talk about here is one called Blades of Blood which is by drenching his claws into his own blood, which he can just do by sinking them into the palms of his own hands. He can charge the blood with that demonic energy, 
and then sling it at his enemy like a barrage of crescent-shaped blades. That's not just a powerful attack, it's a big surprise attack that a guy like Shang-Chi might not see coming, might catch him by surprise, and might be enough to devastate him if it hits. And that's my point number one. All right, so lots of interesting facts about Inuyasha. Great character. I actually love the 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 array of abilities Inuyasha has. The uh, you know the ability to throw that those blood kind of crescent shaped objects. Mm-hmm. That's I mean very original, really really cool. The Wolverine type of stuff. I think that's not horribly far from being accurate. You know, the, the, he's like he's like a, a super powered being. Let's just call it what it is with, you know, being half demon. So not a lot of he's a lead of a shonen anime. So obviously there's going to be a lot of growth with this character. He's going to get stronger and he's absolutely going to start at a powerful level. Got it. Now, this character is barefoot, correct? That is correct. And (laughs) other than the normal durability that, that he has as this half demon character, he does his robe does not extend to his feet. That is correct. I would call his feet potentially a liability. Put on some shoes, Inuyasha. I, you know, we were talking about this before the show. You know, shoeless characters. I don't know. I'd rather you wear shoes. Can't just handle the thing. I can't handle Yeah, I can't handle Monkey D. Luffy with Birkenstocks. You know, the whole Not thing. Not okay with that. Not okay with that either. Okay, we're on the same page. And then also, so his hands... His feet and his head are not covered by this robe. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, he, those, are the, those are the only spots that are not covered because he's, he's mostly covered by this thing, but the extremities are out there. Got it. Okay, and this internal energy he has, it's almost like a, a, a chi. Would you, would you kind of say it? Like I mean, it's, it's a energy. demonic power inside of him. I don't think it's drastically different as far as how it works in the world than a chi power. Got it. I mean, okay. it, it is different. I'm not going to say it's the same thing, but practical purposes, it's pretty similar. Got it. Okay, great. All good stuff here. Let me get to my point number one. We're going to kind of start to even out that playing field real quick. So the, the point of this whole thing is that Shang-Chi, when you start off in a base form, this is a peak human according to Marvel standards. Now, that means a peak human is well above an Olympic athlete. But that peak human is, is well above that Olympic athlete in every category of physicality you can think of. So he's peak in strength, speed, durability, agility, reflexes, intelligence, all that kind of good stuff. That's where he starts off. But that's not where he ends up because now he is also a master of using his chi. Remember, he's been training since a child, not just in external martial arts, but also in internal martial arts to hypercharge or super develop his chi. That is now his superpower is his ability to use his chi and use it in a whole bunch of different ways. So he can use his chi to amp up his strength, his speed, his agility, his reflexes, uh, you know, how high he can jump, how far he can jump, all that kind of good stuff to superhuman levels. This is really, really cool. Now, when it comes to durability, this is where he's hypercharged. This is actually kind of cool. What happens is when something attack comes to him and hits him with that kinetic force, whether it's magical, supernatural, energy-based, or just someone hitting him in some way, shape, or form, what happens is his chi can actually redirect that force all over his body. So imagine it's a thousand pounds hitting him in the face. It's actually going to be one pound here, one pound on the side of the head, one pound on the shoulder. It gets dispersed evenly. So it feels like maybe a little bit of a shove. Now, on top of all that, with his chi, he can also detect other people's chi with it. That's what I was asking about that yokai energy that he has. Now, the reason why that's important is because when he can detect that chi, he can analyze it. He can understand it and he can feel it and he can tell, okay, got it. This person has a lot going on. There's a lot of power here. Now I know how to kind of make my strategy here. By the way, this elevated chi 
is it also a way for him to kind of pinpoint where to hit, how to hit, and also look for those vulnerabilities on top of the fact that he's barefoot, his hands are uncovered, his face is uncovered. Now, let's kind of talk about the martial arts part. Listen, this person is undisputedly the top martial arts in the Marvel Universe, but on top of that, he is now undisputedly the top fighter in the martial art, uh, in the Mar Marvel Universe. This has been stated by none other than, not just Iron Fist, not just Black Panther, but the person who was formerly thought to be the best fighter in the Marvel Universe. I'm talking about Captain America. All three of them have stated that Shang-Chi is the best fighter in the Marvel Universe. Look, there's a reason when Spider-Man needs to learn how to fight, he doesn't go to any of those characters. He goes straight to Shang-Chi. Now, ask yourself, how good of a fighter is someone with all of these powers listed with his martial arts and what have you? He's so good that just like what Ray stated, his martial arts are actually listed as a superpower, not an ability, a superpower. How good do you have to be at martial arts in the Marvel Universe where you're taking on superpowered opponents of all levels where Marvel Wiki will list your superpower as martial arts? That is crazy. That is beyond anything we've ever seen. Now, on top of that, he's got what's called nervous system control. This is something we've talked about before with other Marvel characters. He controls his nervous system. He can decrease the amount of pain he feels stop the blood flow from his body in case he does get a cut. He can uh, detect, uh, fight off effects of poisons, of drugs, and also deaden physical pain almost to a minimal amount. Also, thanks to his martial arts, he's a master of pressure points where he can touch someone's pressure points and totally incapacitate them or at least hurt them badly. He's done this to characters as strong as the thing. Now, on top of all that, Shang-Chi is a master tactician and can figure out any battle plan he needs to use at the moment he's fighting that person, once he detects what they can do. If he doesn't want to get hit, he's not getting hit. He's demonstrated that with Spider-Man. By the way, all the physicals that Shang-Chi has puts him, according to my calculations, right up there with Spider-Man. That's your base form Shang-Chi. That's with his martial arts as a superpower. That altogether is something Inuyasha is not going to be prepared for. That's my point number one. You're, you're making some good points over here. Look, Shang-Chi is a very powerful character. He's actually very, very impressive. He's, he's somebody that I wish would have gotten more play in the Marvel Universe up to this point. I actually just found out through researching this, they did make a Shang-Chi Max comics from Marvel, which is one of my favorite series lines out there. I did a lot of Punisher Max back in the day. And I, I'm very interested in reading what, they, what those people would do with this character because there's a lot going on there. Uh, I love some of these points. So one specific character that Shang-Chi has fought, though, that I think has a strong influence on this battle is a guy named Wolverine. I may have brought it up before, but there's a quick and strong and powerful character who uses claws. Now, Shang-Chi has been impaled by Wolverine's claws before. We have seen that happen. Now, Shang-Chi was still able to keep fighting afterwards. That's good. But when you talk about the pressure points and everything being pushed around the body, didn't work with Wolverine's claws so well as he got impaled. In fact, Wolverine met in a random encounter with Shang-Chi on the streets, and Wolverine was feral at the time. He wasn't even in full control of his own abilities, and he made quick work of Shang-Chi there on the streets. So if Wolverine can, in a, in a who-would-win style matchup in the Marvel Universe that happened, can beat Shang-Chi, I don't see why Inuyasha doesn't do the same thing. So what I'll say to all of that, Ray, is that there's a couple of instances where they've actually fought uh, Wolverine and Shang-Chi. According again to Marvel and everything I've researched, Shang-Chi has won the majority of the fights. The last time they did it, he actually won quite easily. But I'm going to bring that up more into play later on and how that kind of plays into the big I strategy. I bet you will. With all that being said, Frank, you've heard one point from Ray. You've heard one point from me. Where's your head at with this battle so far? You guys are not making this easy. So you have gone tit for tat on almost every point that I've been writing down. 
And if we can agree right now that yokai, the energy that is inside of a demon, is the same source as chi, that's going to play a lot into what I'm, uh, what, what, into my decision making here. You've got a nervous system control, blades of blood, a lot of similarities between these two characters, and after both of your first points, they are so much more alike than I think any of us anticipated mm-hmm. setting out on this little adventure here. So, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this Perfect. is, uh, pressure points on the thing, huh? Yeah. Huh. Doesn't seem like that should be possible. Robe of the Fire Rat also, uh... Bashing damage cannot uh, can't get through a robe of the fire rat, right? Just clarify. It, 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 it tempers it at least. Tempers tempers it. Okay. All right. There's I a ig- lot that each of these characters bring to this fight in different ways, but there's again a lot of similarity. Look, when you talk of Inuyasha's super strength, when Shang Chi uses his chi, he's yeah. got comparable super strength. When you talk about speed, agility, what have you, effectiveness. I mean, there's a lot of similarities here in terms of overall capabilities. But again, we don't make this easy, Frank. So that's why we kind of do this whole show. Luckily, Absolutely. we've got you as a judge to decide this. <laughs> <laughs> I will Wait. say, setting out on this, I really thought it was a regular human uh, with some human abilities versus the supernatural. Batman versus Mumra. Who knows? But then again, I mean, if Batman's wallet can be a superpower, so can the ability of knowing martial arts and the way to channel chi. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's anyone's ballgame. So, Ray, as the French say, it's, it's a tête-à-tête, it's uh, even, this is exactly where we will both want to be, I'm pretty sure. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Inuyasha. Now, I've already brought up how he's physically stronger than Shang-Chi, because Shang-Chi has to think about it real hard and focus his energy in certain ways and do all this just, just to get a fraction of the power of Inuyasha, who's naturally coming in with strength, speed, and durability. He doesn't have to think about it. He just does it. And I think if you don't have to worry about it, you're already in a better place in this combat. Yes, Shang-Chi is, is a peak human who has the potential, potential, to get himself up higher in moments when he needs to. But for Inuyasha, that's turned on all the time. And I think that makes a difference. But what separates them? How about the fact that Inuyasha isn't just Wolverine? He's actually going to be bringing a powerful sword to the table in this battle. It's a sword named Tetsaiga. And that is a sword that was, I believe, made for his father. And, and it channels demonic energy in a way that allows you to focus it through the sword and allows the sword to get very, very large once you figure out how to use it. And it becomes an imposing anime sword at that point. One of the things that this sword has done, and as I kept researching it over and over again, it cuts people in half. It cuts people in half a lot. It cuts powerful people in half. When he meets Shang-Chi, he's going to cut Shang-Chi in half because that's what he does with this sword to characters similar to Shang-Chi. He also uses special abilities. Now, one of the cool things about this anime is it follows a very anime structure of you get to introduce all the characters, where they're all coming from, and then it is like a hundred episodes of Monster of the Week. He has to learn new powers, he has to master himself, and he has to learn new sword abilities and get more shards as it goes on. And that's just a beautiful way to keep a story on going forever, which it often felt like Inuyasha did. But some of the things that he learned to do with this sword is uh, the wind scar power, the Kaze no Kizu, which uh, has been known to knock down buildings. He essentially shoots an entire blast with it, knock down buildings. People have tried to fire energy blasts at him, and he's been able to cut through those energy blasts with the wind scar ability. In fact, he's hit demons 
these demon creatures with this Windscar ability and basically vaporize them, torn them into pieces. I think it's great that Shang-Chi can separate some items to be certain pressure points on his body, but if it's coming in with enough strength, it's going to rip him to ribbons if it hits him. We're not talking about 100 pounds of pressure. We're talking about so much more. He's also got one called the Backlash Wave, which he often uses as a finishing technique. It's a very important thing that allows him to reverse attacks coming back at him, and he is able to reverse them back onto the person using them in the form of a twister which is very, very cool. But if Shang-Chi's going to shoot anything mystical, if he's going to come at him with something very, very hard, he's going to be able to use his sword, redirect that attack, and shoot it back at him tenfold. Additionally, we have one called the Red Tetsaiga, which cuts barriers. He's able to cut through giant boulders, magical barriers. We've seen him cut through all kinds of barriers with it. Why would Shang-Chi's body be a problem? Heck, he's got one called Kongo Soa, which launches diamond shards. Very, very Diamonds known as being very, very sharp, one of the hardest things in the world. Well, he shoots shards at them through the sword at his enemy, again, tearing them to ribbons if he needs to. And two more things here. One, the sword offers a certain amount of protection in that you could take a lot of more damage when you're wielding the sword. The armor's gonna help him. The sword actually helps a lot more with the taking damage ability. I've seen him at one point in the anime, people like throwing things at him rocks and skulls and what have you, and they just hit him in the head and they hit him in the body and he doesn't even really flinch. He's like, that happened and that happened and this is a demon throwing it at him and it did absolutely nothing because the sword offered him a certain modicum of protection. But also, Miedo Zangasusha, I think I'm pronouncing that right, it opens rifts and portals. He has the ability to open rifts and portals and we've seen it time and time again on the Who Would Win show. If you can open rifts and portals, to move around a battlefield or off the battlefield, he can get Shang-Chi in a position that he's not going to want to be in, open a surprise portal, and we'll see ya. That's battlefield removal, and that's a win for Inuyasha. And that's my point number two. Okay, so a couple of questions about the sword, because the sword's actually really impressive. So first one, how long does it take for Inuyasha to power up the sword? Is it an instant, it's there? Does it take a ramp up? What's the deal with that? You know, when he first started wielding the sword, he didn't really know what to do with it. He didn't understand it. He thought the sword was Garbo. And so he wasn't really even trusting the sword, but he's learned through the anime going on that he has to trust in the sword and he has to feel the sword and he has his energy sword. I will say it's always there uh, to the point where we're talking about Inuyasha today. He knows all these techniques. He knows his sword back and forth. Uh, the sword is not going to be a liability in that particular case. Got it, but it, it'll be a ramp up. It's not like he pulls out the sword and then any ability he wants is right there instantly. He's got to say something. He's got to, there's a process, correct? If it's like it's anime. Not a very, it's not a very involved process, honestly. I've seen him just do a lot of things and I've seen him go through people occasionally very quickly. I like that. I, I want that as a quote. I've seen him do a lot of things. Perfect. Okay, so the quick, the quick question I have is, does he, is he, you know, have any mechanism where he can't lose or drop the sword? I mean, we've seen, we've seen in various things where he has been disarmed and has had to go get the sword before. I'm not going to say that hasn't happened. Got it. Okay. That's what I was wondering because, you know, again, I, I'm, I, I have a familiarity with the character, but you never know who's got like that Thor-like ability, you know, just put their hand out and it comes back to them and what have you. Okay. So he has been disarmed on occasion. That's cool. Now, a couple of things I need to bring up. First of all, Shang-Chi doesn't need to focus his chi that way. It's always there. It's like a, a muscle that just needs to be flexed or activated. The chi is always there because, again, he's been developing it his whole life. And this fight actually reminds me 
of like a master martial artist versus a brawler. Because Inuyasha fights very strong opponents, no doubt about that, but he mm-hmm. takes damage. Whereas Shang-Chi is, again, he's a martial artist who's also the top fighter in the Marvel Universe. That is something that's really, really cool. It's You don't always have to be the most powerful fighter or martial artist to win. You, you know, that's why you do martial arts, to overcome brawn, that kind of uh, raw power and what have you. Okay, let me get to my point number two. Now let's talk about weapons. You know, you brought up the sword. Great point, Ray. Now, Shang-Chi, on the other hand, is a true weapons master to the highest degree. Uh, he understands how to use every weapon you can think of, literally ranging from typical firearms. He knows how to use guns. He can use traditional martial arts weapons like nunchucks and swords of all types. But he's also proficient in weapons usage in two other really cool areas. So the first one is improvised weapons. He can use anything as a weapon, literally anything, whether it's a a fork, a rock, or even a tree trunk that he literally picked up, a huge tree trunk, and he can use that as a weapon beyond mastery level. He has this innate ability to pick up, and I've talked about this before. There's a a style from the Philippines called Kali, and a lot of people say, oh, that's a stick fighting style. It's not, actually. It's a style where you can pick up anything, and based off its weight, its size, its shape, you instantly know which angles to use, whether you're going to hit someone with it, thrust someone with that. Put that for every type of object you can think of, including weapons, and that's where Shang-Chi is. Now, if you're fighting in any type of force environment, which I know Inuyasha is typically in, there's going to be a lot of improvised weapons for him to use. One of my favorite examples of this is when he was fighting Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's like, hi, you've got nothing there. Shang-Chi's like, no problem. He starts ripping bricks out of a brick wall and throwing them at high speeds, connecting with Spider-Man and you know, kind of hurting him very badly. This is someone who has no problem finding a weapon and using it. The second area is, this is actually my favorite one, he knows how to take an opponent's weapon and use it against them. Listen, there's examples of Shang-Chi, and this is kind of a speed feat too, where he's not just dodging bullets, he's dodging the bullet, and as he dodges it, he catches it, and in mid-flight, whips it back at the person at full speed, the same speed in which the bullet was shot at him. He improvised what dodged the bullet, caught it, and threw it back. Another time, someone with a mystical sword, actually, yeah, it was a very powerful sword, was coming at him, and what he decided to do, I don't know why he wanted to put on a show like this, he caught the sword with his teeth, and just to show how good he was, he then took a bite out of it right then and there. Now, why he thought that was a good idea, I don't know, but he did it, spit it out, broke the guy's sword with his teeth, because he could catch it, that's what he does. But, when he was facing Ares, the god of war within Marvel Comics, Marvel Universe, you know, part of that Greek uh, pantheon of gods, he disarmed Ares, he disarmed his sword within a second. Ares is facing off against him with his his mystical sword, you know, it's the god of war, he's going to have a super powerful sword, and Shang-Chi just looked at him, and within a second, whoosh, took it away from him, he's like, here, threw it to his friend who knew how to use swords, he's like, here, you take it, and said, all right, let's go, god of war. That's the level that he is at, that's again, a super powerful level. Now, he's not often credited for this, but Shang-Chi's also a master marksman. So if he picks up anything he wants to use as improvised weapons, he's whipping it at high speed. He's going to figure out that robe is offering a high level of protection, and he's going to start going for the eyes. Again, he's one of the top marksmen in Marvel Comics. People just don't associate that with him because he's not usually carrying a gun. And if that was enough, he actually has some weapons on him at all times. Now, Tony Stark made some tech for him <laughs> to enhance his chi projection through his body. So he's got these gauntlets that kind of act like Wonder Woman gauntlets. They can block magical swords, Greek pantheon stuff. You know, Ares got a war swords. He can block that. Bullets, high-powered energy, mystical energy, godlike energy. And he can also use that to enhance and further kind of promote his chi. It actually doubles his power, his speed, his durability. Everything he can do with his chi, it doubles it. And then if that wasn't cool enough, he's got a dual pair of metallic nunchucks 
again designed by Tony Stark, and they act with repulsors at the end. So whenever he hits someone with it, it's getting hit or blast with like a repulsor blast on top of the fact that they're super strong and he can smash people with them very, very, uh, in a very, very powerful way. They also act as another focusing point for him to channel his chi. That's all he's got coming into this. That's a lot going on. So when it comes down to it, not only does Shang-Chi have the weapons to use against Inuyasha, he can find the weapons from out of nowhere or even use Inuyasha's sword against him. Put all that together. That's my point number two. You're saying some good things. Like, I'm a big fan of the Shang-Chi character. I wasn't too familiar with him when this calendar year started, but boy, have I made a point to learn as much as I can about him. And there's a lot going on with him, but a few things to talk about here based on your point number two. If he tries to pick up a tree trunk and attack Inuyasha with it, I've already established with his claws, he can destroy a tree trunk in like one second and then tear it to pieces with his claw abilities. So what good is wielding a tree trunk or improvised weapon of any size against Inuyasha, somebody who can just stick his hand out? This is a guy who's punched, who's punched swords as a parry move. Mm. A guy swung a sword and he punched the sword as a parry move. So what is a tree trunk going to do when he can just destroy it? And this thing with the the sword and his teeth and he's trying to show off, this guy seems to be a showboat. And let me tell you, (laughs) if there's a character that you do not want to be showboating against, it's Inuyasha who is absolutely going to be coming for the kill at any given time. And if he thinks he's going to start messing around doing circus tricks with his Kung Fu, and he tries to put that sword in his mouth, that is a one-way ticket to Deadville. Uh, The other thing is that sword, you talk about him being able to take the sword and use the sword. Maybe I'm not doing enough justice to the size of this sword. He has the ability, the sword looks like nothing originally. When he channels his power and he starts actually using it in battle, that sword becomes absolutely gigantic. We're talking Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII size sword. It's not something Shang-Chi is going to want to wield. It's not something he's going to know how to wield because it is naturally unwieldy and requires super strength in order to even keep it under control. But it takes a while for the sword to get that size. We're reading about that as well. And it's not improbable that Shang-Chi would kick it out of his hands or knock it out of his hands at the very least, again, he's done that to the God of War, uh, you know, Ares in Marvel Comics. If I he had to say who's, who's got who's got better control of a sword and who's know, who knows how to use their sword better, God of War, Ares or Inuyasha, who's awesome. I'm going to have to say God of War. Now, with that being said, we're at the turning point. You've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me. Frank, this is where you tell us who you think is ahead and what the other side has to do to pull out the win. Oh, boy, guys. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. My mom's calling me. I got to go. I was going to have you on the show. Thanks, thanks. Well, well, you, you made it harder. However, I, I think I do have a path of victory for, for either of you, really, at this point. I mean, you've got the backlash wave that redirects attacks, but then you can also redirect chi and take any opponent's weapon. Shang-Chi has fought mystical swords, and Inuyasha has a mystical sword, but has also punched swords where Shang-Chi has bitten swords. Like, there, it's a, it, is, it is a tennis match here, guys. I think part of what is part of what is going to push me either way is uh, is their mentality, because they seem to be pretty evenly matched. I mean, I'm not sure if one can redirect the chi or the demonic energy of the other. Inuyasha, yes, he's a brawler, but if we are going, if we are looking at Inuyasha by the time he can do all the things that you say he can do, Ray, he's already learned how to use that sword. He's pretty skilled. Mm-hmm. He might not be Shang Chi skilled but he's pretty skilled by this point if he's already shooting diamonds out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that if Shang-Chi is going to be at the point on his timeline where Tony Stark gave him magic nunchucks, 
then we have to also go and look at Inuyasha by the time that he has already mastered all these techniques. Ares is also a, a supernatural creature. So is Inuyasha, uh, at least on, on his father's side. But is Inuyasha a good person? And will Shang-Chi want to defeat him? I, I, I don't know. I, I think right now I'm, I'm, I'm on intent. These guys are pretty evenly matched. So prove to me who wants it. Which of I, you wants it? I like it. I, I, I think it's pretty clear that we both want this pretty bad. Ray, we've been here a lot of times before, right? We're, we're kind of neck and neck here. I think I got a good strategy to get the win. You think you got a good strategy to get the win. I, I'm ready for this. Throw your knockout punch. Give us your point number three. Point number three for Inuyasha. Now, one of the big things that separates Inuyasha from Shang-Chi is that Shang-Chi tends to fight people. He might fight some superpowered people from time to time, but he's fighting people roughly the same size as himself. However, however, the variety of enemies and the size of enemies that Inuyasha has faced down is to a point so much larger than anything Shang-Chi can even dream of right there. I mean, I talked earlier, he fought a gigantic centipede lady demon and she was absolutely huge. She was ripping people apart with just using her body, just smoking right through them. And he was able to bring down this flying demon right there. He fought his brother, Sasamaru, who at the time of his first battle with him, transformed himself into a gigantic kaiju size, what looked like from the video game Okami this giant like white firewolf thing. And he was able to cut his arm off. He was able to cut his arm off during the battle, something that he never really healed from over the course of the series. It was absolutely uh, fantastic. But the fact is he's fighting gigantic creatures. It's one thing to fight an army of like 10 humans, 10 tr well-trained humans, but it's another thing to fight monster of the week which Inuyasha did for like, what, a hundred episodes of his show? <laughs> he had to show up in what was ostensibly a who would win battle and fight every single monster and demon from Japanese folklore week after week after week and kept beating them over and over again. It's just a whole different level than what Shang-Chi is talking about here. Heck, later on into the series, one thing that he got hit with is a regeneration increase. So even if Shang-Chi is able to land a whole lot of damage, that regeneration is going to kick into high gear. It allows him to recover from poisons very, very quickly. If Shang-Chi thinks about being dirty and additionally life-threatening injuries, it's just something that kicks in and allows him to get up and then keep going. In fact, when he was actually kind of powered up, he was incapable of feeling pain. He was incapable of feeling fear, but he was also incapable of feeling compassion or mercy. So when you talk about who's going to want it more, if Shang-Chi really pushes Inuyasha to the limit, and it feels like he might, it might start to break down that demonic entity inside him, his blood, might start boiling over, and he might go into a little bit of a bloodlusted state. Heck, it worked for Wolverine. I don't see why it can't work for Inuyasha. This is a guy who literally rips demons apart with just his claws, not even talking about the massive sword abilities I've talked about before. He also goes for the kill. We've seen it time and time again. He's not there to mess around, especially with these other earthly creatures, especially with people who seem intent to take him out. At the end of the day, and one of the things that I think talks about intent and is Inuyasha a good person? Yes, is the answer to that question because he was originally trying to get all the pieces of the shards of the stone in order to turn himself into a full demon so he could be the most powerful version of himself. But by the time he completes his character story arc, 
He's decided that being a compassionate person and caring about the people around him is more important. And he wanted to instead use the stones to become full human so that way he can be the best person he can be, not necessarily the best fighter he can be. And the last thing I'll talk about, I mentioned the portals before. I want to make sure I'm really hitting these portals (laughs) because he's been able to use his sword to create a portal to literally uh, absorb an energy blast that was being shot at him. And an energy blast shot at him, he opens up a portal, a rift, and he's able to redirect it somewhere else. In fact, he had one very, very special attack that allowed him to essentially shoot these shards from his sword. And if you got hit by even one of those shards, you immediately got transported to hell. You got taken to hell. That's off the field of battle. That is a victory for Inuyasha. And the last thing I would posit, if he can open up a portal because an energy blast is coming at him and transport it somewhere else, if Shang-Chi does one of his attacks, a jumping attack, a flying kick, a punch, anything like that, what's stopping Inuyasha from just opening up a portal and letting Shang-Chi fall into it while he's trying to attack? The answer is nothing. And that's why Inuyasha is clearly our winner. And that's my point number three. Wow. Okay, you're getting desperate here. When when you're relying on the battlefield removal, this is interesting. It's there, and I'm going to use it. That's fair. Okay, now how long does it take for him to initiate the opening of a portal? It seems like it happens pretty quick because he was being shot at with an energy blast, and by the time the energy blast, those tend not to move slow, he was able to, pss, pss, <laughs> and it was able to take care of it. So I have to say it happens pretty fast. What was that sound Especially effect again? Especially if he's planning to do it. You only get one, James. I, I, I just like your sound effects. I'm just like, pew, pew. That's pretty cool. So it does, I do remember it does take a little bit. It's not just like an instant thing. You know, that's the great thing about a sword. It's really versatile, but you got to kind of do something specific to activate very different types of functionality. Not a bad thing, but it's not an instant thing. It doesn't take forever, but I don't think it's quite instant. Now, a couple of things I got to say, you know, there's one power that Shang-Chi has, and I was kind of going back and forth whether or not to use it. I'm going to use it, and there's a reason why. Now, the chi energy of Inuyasha is something that not only will Shang-Chi be able to understand and recognize, he'll be able to tap into it. He did this with another character, tapped into someone else's energy in that area, and what he did is he actually cloned himself. He did this over, I believe, in three different comic books. And he actually cloned himself. It wasn't like tiny little, no, no, no. These were full-on additional Shang-Chi's with full knowledge, same weapons, everything going on. That's what he can do. He can actually tap into people's chi and clone himself. It's like a clone jitsu thing in Naruto, except every one of his clones is a 100% badass duplicate copy with all the intelligence and fighting skills of Shang-Chi. That's something that's going to be kind of crazy and hard to fight. Here's my point number three. Let's talk about this. So let's talk about some um, people that he's beaten, some big feats and what have you. So he's beaten, uh, Shang-Chi's beaten Wolverine a few times. And now in his current iteration or the most recent form, he understands Wolverine so well that when he fights him, it's almost like an instant win because he knows how to avoid what he's doing because Wolverine goes into berserker mode and that plays into Shang-Chi's tactics. Let someone lose control, wear them down. It might take a while, wear them down. And eventually, you know, inflict some damage, take him out. It's that easy, that simple. So he's fought Spider-Man and beat him. And in that fight, Spider-Man said, if Shang-Chi actually wanted to and hit me the way he really could, he'd splatter me across the wall. That's a direct quote from Spider-Man. He killed a character called the Ghostmaker. Now, not a big deal, you might say, because, you know, who's the Ghostmaker? Well, it's a character from the 70s from Marvel Comics whose little superpower was that he couldn't die. Ghostmaker couldn't die until he met Shang-Chi and Shang-Chi figured out what to do and killed him. We've never seen him since because he stayed dead. Pretty weird thing. 
He's also fought superpowered ninjas in groups of 20 and over. He's, of course, he's going to take on ninjas. He's Shang-Chi. That's what he does. He fought the Red Hulk once and kicked him into the side of a mountain. That's right. He kicked him, sent him flying into the side of a mountain, and that kind of hurt the Red Hulk, who made a mental note of like, got it. I got to be really careful around this guy, Shang-Chi. Let's see. He ripped the head off of a dragon. That's a fun one. Remember, this guy goes for the kill. He doesn't have a problem. If he believes he's just, he will kill whoever he's facing. He fought a dragon, got it by the head, and ripped its head off. Pretty impressive. He beat a large group of what were called fire goblins. These are super powerful goblins, demon kind of creatures that invaded Earth from literally hell. In Marvel, of course, hell is only spelled with one L. Still a big deal. Speaking of dragons, there was a Godzilla-sized supernatural dragon with crazy powers that was uh, on this island of Mandrapur, this fictional island Marvel. So, of course, he weaponized pin particles, figured out how to do that, grew himself <laughs> to about half the size, and then started beating the heck out of the super powerful, super strong Godzilla-sized dragon, still being half the size of the dragon with nowhere near the superpower abil- supernatural ability. Uh, he beat Namor, Marvel's equivalent to Aquaman. That was really cool. And he did it with a technique called the Sword Fist, where he analyzed Namor and what he could do and fight underwater. He's like, great. Can't breathe underwater if I puncture both of your lungs. They fill with blood. Nudge, nudge, hint, hint. Uses his sword fist technique. Double punctures Namor. Takes him out of the fight instantly. Now let's talk about some impressive feats. There's this character called Heroim. This is a character during World War Hulk that the Hulk brought with him from that other planet who was part of his crew. And Heroim was someone who could lift 100 tons. Super powerful. So he's taking on someone. I guess he's upset with one of Shang-Chi's friends. And he's like, I'm taking you out. Throws a big haymaker overhand right. This is a 100-ton presser. This was going to be bad for this person. Shang-Chi jumped in, caught the punch. Caught it. It wasn't easy. He wasn't comfortable, but he caught it. That's how strong he is. That's how he can focus his chi. He easily destroyed a Doombot, a really powerful one at that. He destroyed an alien super robot called Aleph. Now, Aleph was part of the storyline where the Avengers get the signal from Mars. They go to check it out, and it's about these terraforming aliens who then capture the Avengers. And the two people that capture him, these two Aleph robots. So a new group of ventures comes in, uh, Shang-Chi being one of them. He faces the Aleph robot who's like, I'm going to rip you apart. And Shang-Chi's like, that's cute. And thrusts his hand through the Aleph's legs, taking him out and then totally destroys him. Let's see. He also took on Ares, the God of Wars I previously mentioned. This is a really cool time when he had the Phoenix Force. The Phoenix uh, Force came to Earth and said, I'm looking for a new bearer of my power. So they had this mini tournament. So he had to face Hyperion, the Superman equivalent in Marvel. So Hyperion, Superman, had the Phoenix Force, and he also, Shang-Chi also had the Phoenix Force. What did he do with it? Well, he's like, this feels like a type of chi. I'll focus it and channel it. The Phoenix Force overtook Hyperion, who couldn't handle it, so he easily beat him. That's how good he is with chi manipulation, using other forms of chi to power himself up and do all that kind of good stuff. Let's circle back to how he took out Wolverine that last time. Again, Wolverine went absolutely berserk. Shang-Chi just like, great, I'll stay out of your way. I'll hit you here and there and there. I'll let you burn out, take out all the damage. And then he grabbed him and hung him out to over, you know, upside down over a building with one hand and said, hey, you're going to calm down? Finally calmed him down. That was cool. Why is that important? Because what, Ray, I think you may have forgot to mention, maybe, is that the more powerful that um, Inuyasha becomes, the more out of control he becomes. So sure, he might become more powerful in these bigger forms. He might be able to do more powerful things with his sword. But all of a sudden, he's not in his right mind. There's no Kogami. There's no romantic lead there to kind of get him back under control. (laughs) He's all of a sudden just losing his mind, doing whatever it is. He's not even sure what he's fighting anymore. I mean, he could be angry at a tree, a rock, or whatever it is. 
The wind is blowing his hair. Let's fight the wind. He literally is that much out of control. That is something that Shang-Chi will easily take advantage of. He's done that a million times. Look, when you put this all together and you get an out of control, superpowered Shang-Chi, which is where you're going with this, and all of a sudden his technique and everything he's learned out the window versus the top fighter from the Marvel Universe with all these chi powers, weapons, and all these accomplishments, it's a really bad day for Nuyasha. That's why Shang-Chi wins it. Now, I, I like what you're trying to do here, James. Look, I'm only going to say a few things right here. At the end of the day, we are talking about, as Frank, I don't think you had it wrong in your initial idea. We're talking about a regular human versus a half demon fighter. Nothing we're talking about, about somebody who we're talking about somebody who is who has normal human weaknesses. So absolutely, you know, you could flood the arena. You could do all kinds of different things. And Shang-Chi doesn't necessarily have an answer for it. But Inuyasha does. He doesn't have any kind of overly protective clothing like Inuyasha has. I haven't heard any talk of mystical weapons like Inuyasha has. I haven't heard any defense for the portals whatsoever because Inuyasha can do all of these things at the end of the day. I also haven't heard of victory condition for Shang-Chi in this matchup other than James saying over and over again, he's really good at fighting. It's okay to be really, really good at fighting, but when you look at the amount and size and power level of the opponents that Inuyasha faces and has faced much more often than Shang-Chi. It's easy, easy to see how Inuyasha has several different paths to victory, and I don't think James has laid out a clear one for Shang-Chi in this battle. Now, Frank, you've heard Ooh. three points from Ray. You've heard oh, three points oh, from me. Oh. This is where you got to make the decision and kind of figure out who is going to win. Take us through your process, tell us a story, and give us a clear winner between Shang-Chi and Inuyasha. Clearly, Starscream flies overhead and kills them all. The end. Battlefield <laughs> removal. Yeah, we're done. Good <laughs> match. Go. Good match. That was fun, right? Good, Good night, everybody. Man, you know, I mean, James, you laid out a lot of uh, interesting anecdotes about the various people in the Marvel Universe of various power levels that Shang-Chi has uh, defeated. You also can't forget that Inuyasha was a monster of the week, and each of those monsters are comparable to some sort of superpowered being from the Marvel Universe. So the question I need to know is when Inuyasha turns into a rage monster uh, and when he's about to die, his demonic side taking over, does he lose his skill? Is he less quick on his feet? I mean, it's, it's tough to really answer that question, Frank. One, I don't think Shang-Chi could even get him to that point, so I mm. think it's a moot point to talk about. But the second thing I would say is he loses some of his technique. But he, I think he more than makes up for it because the strength, speed, durability, all that's still there. He more than makes up for it in his ferocity at that point. Mm. Interesting, interesting. And with Shang-Chi, I don't think he can create multiples of himself unless he's near that origin energy, right? Like, it, it, he needs something else. Like, he can't grow big and punch a dragon without pin particles. These are not the, innate inabilities. The, the pin particle is correct. The only thing that's ambiguous is what kind of energy is that origin energy? It's got to be something that can interface with his chi because anything he does is through the chi. So he can use this on the battlefield is what you're saying? I'm leaning in that direction. Mm, okay. And I, I'm only taking what you guys are telling me. So. <sighs> I already said the Starscream kills everybody thing, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you can lean on that some more if you want. <laughs> well, I think they are going to be fairly evenly matched in rerouting each other's attacks. They face each other. They face each other on the field. They don't like each other for some reason. There's probably some misunderstanding, but they're not going out for beers afterwards. They are going to beat the tar out of each other. 
and only one will remain standing, maybe. They've both had lots of training in wide and varied enemies. One is only human. However, human by Marvel standards is a, a by far a super, super powered individual. His reflexes, his channeling of energy, his use of weapons on the battlefield, he would see the tiny little tick in Inuyasha's eyes, whatever color they are at the time, if he's a demon or not, and know where he was going to hit with this sword. So even if there were diamonds shooting out of the sword, all sorts of things, he would see it coming. However, after a certain point, you've got a character, Inuyasha, with no pain, no fear, ability to recover instantaneously in the same way that Shang-Chi can do by channeling his chi. What he won't see is the portal. You got me with the damn portal. Because he's going to be blocking diamonds and throwing them back, and Inuyasha is going to be at his last little thread holding him together, not realizing there's a portal opening behind him. And if that is the established thing that does not take any burn time, battlefield removal, Shang-Chi is now in hell. Addendum, just like the fire goblins, he eventually beats all the demons and becomes ruler of hell. So, he loses, but he's also the king of hell. That is my answer. Winner, Inuyasha, represented by Ray. Oh my god. It's gosh. about time Frank we got a breakthrough with one of these anime characters. Frank Tadaro. Frank Tadaro. I'll tell you what, the streak is broken. I, I gotta tell you, Frank, you know what? You know what I think about your decision, Frank? You know what I really think about your decision? <laughs> it's it's pretty good, actually. It's pretty good. There, you know, if you had to pick one thing that and, and I will question on how fast he can actually use battlefield removal. And also mm. when he's in his insane mode, I don't think he's thinking battlefield removal because he'd rather fight whatever's in front of him. With that being said, Shang-Chi really does not have an answer to that other than shutting down Inuyasha. And if Inuyasha has proved anything, is that he's like, when you think you've got him on the ropes, he pulls out that Rocky three or four, whatever that is, sure and comes back with like, I got this one last thing, and it worked. He's so, got that neon, I can see your logic. Neon, no fear hat from 1997, where that, that I mean, once you hit, once you hit me with the no fear... Coupled with the uh, the portal, I don't know that he'll ever get to the demon state. I don't know that he's going to hit Avatar. I, I think I think that he would have the presence of mind to do that. And but I also you've think heard that, that the, from our judge, you've heard yeah, that from our judge. Yeah. Easy victory for Inuyasha. Probably three to five seconds. Shang Chi is defeated one way or another. Frank, I thank you for this <laughs> dominant. Dominant answer. Uh, I'm used to winning. I'm not used to winning this easily. I will say that in the sequel, when Shang-Chi finally rises from hell with a legion of demons behind him, Inuyasha might Inuyasha not last might very long. Trouble. Yeah, he might be in trouble. Then. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, you know, and here's the other thing, too. We have a comic book character who's been in existence for almost 50 years sporadically. And then hmm. you have this amazing series of manga and anime supporting this character with how many films and what have you. So it's a lot to draw from. I know. And, and Ray, I do not, from. I do not, did not envy you going through what I had to do for Naruto the same way you had to do for Inuyasha. So my hat is off to you in that regard alone. I do question some of your tactics, but you wouldn't be raised to Canis if you didn't do what you do. So congratulations <laughs> on another hard earned victory. Tell the people how you feel right now. Look, I play fair, James. I don't like this aspersion to my character. <laughs> I do not like 
you having those remarks because I play by the rules. I play fair. I've never once skirted the rules of the Who Would Win show or told half-truths on the show in order to try to get an advantage. I am not known for such tactics on the field of battle, James. So shame on you, first off. You, sir, are the true villain. (laughs) Said like the uh, macho, macho man, macho king, if you will. Frank, now this was not an easy battle for you. We had to bring a lot on both sides. How do you feel? This may have been the toughest battle you've ever had. You've been a judge four times on the Who Would Win show. What's your overall impression of being a judge on the show that many times? Gosh, you know, I'll do it again tomorrow if you'll let me. I love it. I love it. This is All what right, I would it. do in the bar if I, if I wasn't here. <laughs> nah, that, that was really hard. I, what I kind of want to see next time is, is you playing Ray and Ray, you playing James. And uh, do Who Would Win with each other at this point? Now that you well, know each other's I tactics. Wow. have got an wow. April Fool's Day episode for you. <laughs> To go check out on the main feed, check out the episode that randomly uh, aired uh, April uh, 1st uh, uh, for this uh, for this particular season three of Who Would Win. I hope you enjoy mm-hmm. bagpipes. As I'll <laughs> leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Here's the deal. We would, you know, we talked with the production team, of course, and we mentioned like who are our favorite judges and you, you know, we have a group. You're in that group. We clearly want you here whenever you're available. The fans love your process. We think you're fantastic. Uh, even though you made the wrong decision today, we still want you back whenever you're available. So with all that being said, tell the fan base, which we'll soon figure out a name for, where they can find you. Oh, they can find me anywhere. I just kind of mill about wherever I go. Uh, <laughs> FrankTodaro.tv is the website. FrankTodaroVO is the Twitter. FTodaro is the Instagram. And Facebook, I think it's just Frank Todaro Voice. Uh, I don't know why they're different in everything, but that's how it came out. That's it. Or you can find me here in Burbank, but please don't try. (laughs) Okay. No stalkers finding uh, Frank, please. Okay. Ray, again, congratulations. This was, you know, despite what you said, I know, I know this was a hard, hard fought battle. Well-earned victory. You're doing this quite well this year, by the way, my friend. This is very, very cool. Tell everyone where they can find you. Well, first off, I want to say after this decision, Frank is not just among the who would win Judge Elite. You are leading the pack of who would win Judge Elite just based on this great decision alone. And I'm not just saying that because I won today, but I am mostly saying that because I won today. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Look, all you woodworkers out there, it's going to happen. It's It's, let it happen. It's never going to be a thing. All you woodworkers out there saw what happened today. You saw me dominate with an anime character, winning in a handful of seconds, according to our esteemed judge today. And James obviously could barely answer the bell with Shang-Chi, a very powerful character. I'm starting to wonder, should I just be on the show by myself? Should I just be recording both sides of the argument to at least give the other side a chance? Ah, uh, race to Canis. I'd say you're a national treasure. I just don't know which nation. Now, here's the thing. Well done. By the way, tell people about your other podcasts. You can check out Knowing is Half the Podcast. You can check out the My Three Dads podcast. Do you like fatherhood and children's cartoons? My Three Dads. Do you like 80s and 90s animation? Knowing is Half the Podcast. Do you like superhero fights? Well, stick on this channel. We got more for you. All right. Well done, Ray. Now, by the way, who would win fans? It's that magical time of year again. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's showdown September. This is where we take what people have already debated a million times, the most obvious matchups you can ever think of, and we're actually going to do them way better because that's what we do on the Who Would Win show. So stay tuned. We're going to have massive characters battling it out. that have already been discussed a million times, but again, never done quite the Who Would Win way. 
Stay tuned for next week. All month for September, big matches. This is our WrestleMania. This is whole month of September is WrestleMania for who would win. Stay tuned. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabs. You remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Hoodwin Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Find us on Facebook, wherever we've got content. Please come check it out, subscribe, like it, share, and do all that kind of good stuff. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for joining us for another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Remember crying when Optimus Prime died? Or the days when every series had a ham-fisted anti-drug episode? Or when you wrote fan fiction about how the Animaniacs were so hot in that water tower, so they took off all their clothes and they started... No! No, different podcast. This one is Knowing is Half the Podcast, a show devoted to the best and worst animated memories of your childhood. Every week we recap a cartoon from the past to see if they're as good as you remember. They're not. What are you talking about? They're great! You're both wrong. None of them get good until they're in a water tower. No! And Knowing is Half the Podcast... Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.